Hello and welcome into another episode of Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam Katulak, joined by my co-host, Brian Crum. Hey, Adam. Excited for the, for the weekend? Yes, I am. We got a lot of games to watch this weekend. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday for Super Wildcard Weekend and a rematch of the Browns and Steelers, and that's where we're going to go right now. Um, it was a really interesting game, probably closer than it should have been this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to seeing some fireworks. So with that, I just want to get your first thoughts on this past week's game and what we're going to look for in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't the, the legendary matchup that we wanted to see where it's, uh, you know, Steelers are full go, Browns are full go week 17, and they're playing for the, the division title. But it still was a meaningful game for Browns fans because this is week 17 at home, and we're still playing the Steelers regardless of who's, who's uh, behind center, if it's Mason Rudolph or if it's Ben Roethlisberger. We have the chance to beat the Steelers for a playoff spot, and we did it. So it was a good Sunday. Um, it's kind of ironic that now we're going to be playing the Steelers uh, in the wild card matchup in the AFC. But um, the game wasn't a gimme, even though even though the Steelers sat quite a few people and. Even though there were, there was quite a few out for for the Browns as well, I mean, it, it was a close game. And me and you, Adam, we had talked about this on some of the previous shows about why the Steelers might be, uh, you know, finishing their season out three and one or one and three. Uh, and we were talking about the big playability, but in this game, I mean. It was Mason Rudolph. It wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. So we'll see if Big Ben can do this on Saturday. But Deontay Johnson had a huge play where he, he caught a 30-plus yard bomb mm-hmm. in the first half. Yep. And then he had, a, he had a 40-plus yard bomb in the red zone that got them to the red zone mm-hmm. before the two-minute warning. And they were down by eight. So that was a pretty big deal. Um, so it looked like that connection – was there uh, the big play over the top connection was there at least with Mason Rudolph and, and DJ this week. So we'll see if that's there next week with uh, DJ and Big Ben. Um, and then, so I'm just going to, I had some other notable plays Adam, that I just, you know, I jotted down. So mm-hmm. I might as well just run through those and, and you can hop in if you want or just save it for the, for the rest. But after that, um, there's a notable play for the Browns with five minutes to go in the third in a one-point ball game. We actually had Joku make a catch on third down, and it was a third and six, so, you know, a smart play to, to draw it up for your tight end there. Um, but he made that catch, and then we were able – this happened right after the Steelers' TD. So that's why this was also crucial. Because mm-hmm. if we had a drive stopper here after the Steelers scored a touchdown Momentum's. Uh, to get back into it, yeah, momentum could have shifted there. So that was actually pretty huge. And then the next play, Baker scrambled for 28 yards to get us into the red zone. So it was, you know, we're kind of kind of uh, on the edge there of our seats where it's third down, third and six, and, you know, we're going to Joku who – hasn't had steady hands all season, I, I guess you could say. So, and then you cap it off the next play, though, where 
now we're just happy that the drive's still alive and Baker makes a huge scramble for 28 yards, you know, to get us into the red zone. So that was huge. Um, and then there was another one. Oh, and then Baker, to cap off that drive, he had a five-yard play-action rollout, and he dumped it off to tight end Austin Hooper. Uh, so that was like a, a five-yard play. Just We got the touchdown to regain the lead. Um with three minutes, 48 seconds in the third. So that was a huge drive where it could have ended very early with that uh, Njoku third and six, but, but very quickly three with three plays of Baker orchestrating that, we get a, a touchdown lead back. Um, the other thing that was notable, Brown's third down blitz, up the middle, they pressured Mason Rudolph into a rush. Like, he, he was rushing his release, and then it ultimately ended up being an INT. I have a note here that it was, like, questionable if it was uh, roughing the passer on that INT because he, mm-hmm. he did get knocked. But it was a big game-changer because, because there were moments where Mason Rudolph at the end of this game where he looks really good. But... Up until that point, the Browns, they, they just continued to show up because they, uh, one thing I have is check out the Browns' third down conversion percentage just after this game. I haven't checked it out yet, but I was saying this should be really good. This should be something worth checking into. Um, and then the announcers even said the Browns are 9-0 and when leading at half and that we were 1-5 and when trailing this, this year. So it was a big knock on wood game because despite us having all of these, uh, you know, third down conversions and big plays from Baker, um, it, the Steelers came back at the end. And that was actually, you got to tip your hat to Mason Rudolph because of that. Because they were coming back from their own 30 yard line. And there's like three minutes, 16 minutes, 16 seconds left to go in the fourth with eight, eight point deficit. And Rudolph actually came up with a big connection with Juju on third and 10. And it was like third or 10 or 12. And that could have just been the end of the game right there. But Mason Rudolph actually took on the pressure. So that was another thing, Adam, where I was actually surprised outside of some of the turnovers he had, Mason Rudolph did actually have a decent game. Now they're the Browns cornerbacks were depleted for this game, but at the end of the day, you also have to tip your hat to Mason Rudolph there after, after big Ben for a little bit was making that offense look, look broken. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. And then Mason Rudolph, I mean, he connected with, uh, with Deontay Johnson for that other 40 plus yard pass in the fourth quarter. And, and that was huge because then they capped it off with a touchdown to Juju on, with a minute 23 left. And this was like, hey, it's 22-24. This, this thing's going to get tied up. comes down to that two-point conversion. And you start to think as a Browns fan, maybe, like, maybe the Cleveland curse still exists. And you end up pulling it off, though, and... Uh, stopping the two-point conversion. Uh, I think it was like a pass to, to Juju. 
and or no Claypool, Claypool. and yeah. it, and it was kind of questionable about contact again. So another yeah. another asterisk there for a Steelers fan, but ultimately Browns Browns took it out. They they you know they took the W. Steelers take the L, and now they meet each other this week, January tenth, on prime time Sunday night spot, eight mm-hmm. p.m. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited that it's uh, on primetime on, on Sunday to wrap up the week, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I wish this was like a Saturday 1 p.m. game. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Um, I, I'm i going to start with uh, the Steelers and just go off of uh, the quarterback play to start initially and just go down the line. Um, I was impressed with Mason Rudolph's play overall. Um, the INT, like you said, he was pressured, and that's just a young quarterback mistake. That's just gonna happen. That happens with Baker. It happened with Baker a lot last year. You know, last year, and it happens with Darnold. It happens with a lot of young guys. So it's not like you know that's unexpected, especially with him being first start of the year, not really playing a whole lot earlier this year. Um, because Ben has been Ben's been back all year. So um, I think I'm not gonna blame him too much there. Josh Dobbs didn't look too bad running wise, and I like um I like the scheme, and I think we're gonna see a lot more of that um the playoffs just like you know maybe third and short or something have Josh Dobbs back there's a potential runner sort of like a Jalen Hurts Taysom Hill kind of you know usage which you have to game plan for but you don't know what's going to happen because you haven't really seen it a whole lot on tape I feel like that's going to be a big factor going forward because I mean we do need some of a lot of a run game to play in the playoffs so that'll be nice to see there and I think Dobbs can throw as well and he's a really smart guy from um, Tennessee so um, I'm looking forward to that yeah Adam so so for for the audience and and for myself, frankly, who tells who Josh Dobbs is? Yeah, he's um he's a quarterback out of Tennessee. We drafted him a few years ago, I think in the fourth, third or fourth round. Um, we had him before Mason Rudolph a year before, and then um we let them battle it out a little bit, and then uh, the Jaguars ended up trading us, I think, a fourth round pick for him. He went to um Jacksonville, didn't really play a whole lot there. Um, I think they signed. Oh, was it Nick Foles or I think they signed Nick Foles and then they drafted Garden Minshew and he just was behind them. He never really got ahead of him. And Blake Bortles was there as well, so he never really started for him. But they traded a fourth round pick for him because he did look pretty good in backup roles. And we had Rudolph, so we ended up dropping him. And then he got cut. Um, he got cut, and we ended up signing him again because he was familiar with the system. He's a really smart guy. He helps uh, Ben a lot you know just like educationally and just like sees things because like i said he's like an aerospace engineer or something from tennessee so he's a really smart guy he sees the field really well i want to see him throw a little bit more i haven't seen him throw a whole lot like but i know he can run really well and he's an intelligent guy so i i trust him with the ball in his hands so so how are they using him is it like a wildcat format or is he can throw he's a quarterback um but I, i they've used him more like you know um what they do with what they did with Jalen Hurts before Carson went, before he took Carson Wentz's job, or you know, before he took the starting job in Philadelphia, Taysom Hill a little bit. He can throw a little bit, sure. but they use him as running. You know, just a run threat. You have to factor it in, and then it's like a wildcat, but like a guy who can throw. So it's like a quarterback it's... hybrid wildcat, which is more effective. I feel like because the threat of throwing is there because he is an NFL quarterback. So. And does he ever? Uh... Does he ever play at like the wide receiver position? He hasn't played at the wide receiver, but I think that that's our strength of our team. One of the strengths of our team is the uh, is the right. receiver that's position. True. So I mean, he's not going to start over Washington, who's our number four. So it's just there's no point of having him out there. I mean, it you know it, it if he was a little more athletic, I guess he has a shot. But I mean, just overall, he's a good quarterback threat, running running threat who can throw the ball a little bit and is pretty intelligent. So yeah, that's gotcha. him. Yeah. 
right. Sorry to derail you there. No, it's I all just, right. It's all right. I and need the, that update on them, especially if you're saying that you think he could play uh, in a important role. I think it makes sense because, I mean, you need to run the ball. Like we talked about a few podcasts ago. You need to run the ball and play good defense in the playoffs to win it. And I feel like he could add a element of the run game that Ben simply can't just with his age and ability he's never been able to you know run or scramble too much I think it's just gonna be a good addition that could get us some you know cheap yards or something along those lines the run game so that's the other thing though Adam so how often did they did do they use him more with Mason Rudolph than they did with Big Ben. Yeah, they now haven't they haven't that. used Dobbs at all this year. Really, I haven't seen him oh, play okay. much. So but they they came in the game. game, they, they game they yeah, it's a game plan. With. Like, hey, let's see what let's mix it up a little bit. One you know one running kind of quarterback, one throwing quarterback. Let's see what happens. It's you know just just gotcha. to, just to see what they have. I guess you know because it's almost a, you, it's a little bit of evaluating too. You get some you get some reps on film. You see what's going to go on because they're going to duke it out more than likely to replace Ben. You know we're going to have Ben next year. I don't know if we're going to draft a quarterback. I think we're going to give him one more shot to try to win it and then after that you're gonna have them duke it out and potentially us draft a quarterback or something or sign someone so yeah and you and you think that this is a a game plan an offensive game plan that they might actually keep going into the playoffs i think it might i think it might be i think it might be um i think they have some trick plays at least they put it on film so the browns and other teams that we may have to face are gonna have to um game plan for it which will take away from game planning for other things that we could attack with so that's just another thought you know but I think that it's going to be some factor I would like it to be just because having him in the backfield you don't know what's going on I don't know what's going to happen you know we haven't seen this all year so I feel like having that's going to cause confusion if you can cause confusion you're not playing full speed you're, you're thinking more than you're you know reacting and that that gives you an advantage as the offense so that's just my thought there yeah and not that uh not that the Steelers need it against the Browns because the Browns do, and we'll, we'll get into this in a little more detail in a second, about the, the Browns' IR status and the Steelers' IR status for this game. But uh, the Steelers at this point in the season, it seems like they almost need a little more uh, play action or a little spark, a little a little flash, something a little different that, you know, it takes the, you almost have to outsmart them Mm -hmm. because at this point we've seen that the Browns put out a better product. I think, I think at the end of the season, I think that we could that, uh, that, that is debatable and that has hindsight bias with the end of the season. And I think that you guys are actually going to beat us in this playoff game for the, for the, reasons that we're talking about with IR but I do think that we finished out the season where it's almost like I feel more confident in the Browns run game and the Browns pass game with how Baker closed out the season uh, than I am in the Steelers run game and the Steelers pass game with how Big Ben closed it out Uh, and then similarly I think that this I think that the Browns have a good defense. I think that the Brown, the Steelers have a better defense, and that's not a question. But I think that the Browns' defense is uh, the difference is more marginal. What would you say? Adam? Well, I'm just going to base it off of this last game, and then I'm going to start talking about the COVID um, injuries and who who we have coming back and who we had rested. So. 
Um, we won, You guys won by two this last week. The Browns did. And, I mean, we were missing a good amount of players. We missed the defensive player of the year, in my opinion. I think he led the league in tackles for lost sacks and That's multiple so stacks. So, T.J. Watt's back now. So, you can't discount that. I mean, you can have Miles Garrett, but he's also seemed a little bit banged up. You didn't see him as much in the second half there. And his partner in crime, Olivier Vernon, who got, I think, the only sack in the game, is out with a torn ACL, so that's going to be another factor there. So you lose him, and then you guys also have Joe Batonio out on the offensive line, and we bring Cam Hayward back. So, okay, you had a really good run game, and you guys should have run Nick Chubb more, I I believe. He was averaging 7.7 yards, but we have Hayward there, and now you don't have Batonio to block him and account for him as much. So that's just another factor that switches. Then Robert Spillane, our middle linebacker now, he's our um, backup middle linebacker to Devin Bush, who's injured and has been injured since the Tennessee Titans game. But he's back, and he's a pretty good. He fills the hole pretty well, and he's one. You know, he's our starting linebacker now, our second-string linebacker, who will be um, pretty good there. So I'm excited to see that come back. So there's three guys in the front seven that we're coming with, and then we have Marquise Pouncey coming back, and we rushed for 4.3 yards last game. So it's not terrible, but you are going to be better be able to rush with Pouncey now. Uh, being rest, we had three of our four captains out, and we lost by two. So I feel really confident about that. Ben in the second half, like we mentioned with the Colts, he looked really, really good. And with a week of being rested, the arm's going to be feeling better. He's going to be feeling a lot better. So I feel really optimistic about it. And then Eric Ebron's going to be back, which will be just another nice addition, just another pass tar- uh, pass catcher. Because Vance McDonald's a better blocking tight end than Ebron, but Ebron's a better receiving tight end. So it's just another weapon to have in the offense. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Those are all good points. And just starting off right away, you, you caught me where I was like, oh, actually, you're right. You guys did blow us out in the first matchup, and we did only win by two points when you guys sat plenty of your starters. But to that, I would also <coughs> consider, excuse me, I would also consider the fact that uh, – the Browns had their cornerbacks, their secondary depleted in that second game. Olivier Vernon went out. We had uh, Hubbard out and Wills went out. Um, So I think both sides were kind of depleted. uh, And I think the same thing is going to happen going into this wild card where you went through it, but I'm just going to go through it again. Just in order here, Browns offense on IR for for the week one of the wild card AFC playoffs. Browns have head coach Stefanski out. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see, um, I'd rather have a head coach or a coach out than player probably. But like an all pro uh, talent like Batonio, he's an all yeah, pro because, type because of guard. So. I feel like he should be able to call in somehow where they can get him in a booth somehow. I don't know. They won't let him do it, though. They're not going to let him. They, they tried to really? petition for it, but they're, they're not going to allow it. Wow. Okay. So that actually does suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a few other coaches. I don't know them by name but, or their position, but uh, I think the assistant, the or not the assistant, the special teams head coach, is taking over. So, uh, but then outside of coaches, we have Joe Petonio, like Adam mentioned, uh, guard, our left tackle two, Hubbard out with his kneecap. Then we've got uh, wide receiver three, Daryl Hodge out with COVID. Tight end three, Harrison Bryan out with COVID. And then our wide receiver one, Odell Beckham Jr. 
towards ACL. Um, so, Browns defense, we have our starting strong safety, Rodney Harrison, out. Outside linebacker, one, uh, Malcolm Smith out. Our CB1, Ward, he's questionable. Could be out again. But I feel like even if he returns, you know, returning from COVID, you're not practicing, you're not running. It's a lung disease. It's, you know, respiratory disease. It's not, it's not an easy to get your conditioning back. We saw Miles Garrett take a few weeks to get back. Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson didn't look like himself. So even when he does come back, it's not like he's back 100%. And that's for goes for anyone who's coming back off of um, COVID, COVID IR. And even more so, Adam, that's a good point. <clears throat> but even more so, you you sent me a tweet today that uh, Baker Mayfield hasn't thrown the football yet. Yeah, he's, he, he mentioned tweet. that he hasn't thrown this week because the facility's been closed down because of COVID so positive. So even the people that uh, don't have COVID, they're, they're still affected. Mm-hmm. So the Browns, um, you know, you can't blame them, I guess, but it really feels like we kind of dropped the ball on this one. But anyways, uh, to go on on defense, yeah, we have Ward maybe, and then we have Olivier Vernon out, which you mentioned how he tore his ACL. Second in, best pass rusher, second best pass rusher on your team, and uh, Miles Garrett looked banged up in the second half. It's something with his shoulder or upper body. He wasn't really in there. He didn't really make an impact either. I didn't really see him do a whole lot that you know typically he would do. I guess so. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting and, to see how he recovers there, but he's still been dealing with COVID, you know, just getting back his conditioning back, injury, and then we're getting our offensive line help with uh, Pouncey coming in. I know it's not going to be for Garrett, but it's just assist there. So, Yeah, and he's he has settled in nicely where, you know, it feels like we're definitely overpaying him. Um, but <clears> then, especially for the production he provided in the first two years, but now it really feels like... Uh, it feels like he's taking on that role as the second guy who just gets the, who gets Miles Garrett's, uh, you know, sack pretty much because mm-hmm. somebody's got to double team Miles Garrett. Yeah. Um, but so that does hurt to have him out. But um, we do have who's that Richardson who we've yeah. playing that linebacker that he he's also like a a left end so. He might be able to fill in there nicely. But yeah, so that rounds out the Browns. They have, what is that, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 players and one head coach who we consider pretty significant who are out. And the Steelers have three players out. They have, and they're all on their defense. So Joe Hayden at cornerback, uh, he has COVID potentially, just like Ward. We think he'll probably be back, but he might have it. It's up in the air. And then... And then we they do have that big blow to their linebacking core with Devin Bush and, and Bud Dupree out with the ACL. Two first-round picks, highly productive, very good. Yeah. I would feel extremely confident if we had both of them. I, I would say we would win by multiple touchdowns if we had both. The run game, yeah. Bush is a elite middle linebacker, and Dupree was second on our team in sacks, and he was, just, he was looking just as good as TJ Watt. It was really scary whenever you were watching those two out there together. Yeah. So, not, so I think it I think it is safe to say though that the Browns are hurting more. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think what I'm trying to say Adam is that you guys whooped us week in our first matchup. Mm-hmm. And 
you guys win that fair and square. Yeah. Browns beat you by two points at home in week 17 to go to the playoffs. And you guys weren't even starting, you know, your top players. And, you know, neither the Browns had people out too. Mm-hmm. So that game I kind of consider a wash. We can't really tell who's better. Yeah. And then we have this wild card game, and I consider it a wash too because because of all the players that are out on the Browns and the, and the few uh, defensive studs that are out for the Steelers. So I'm just kind of bummed that this game could be an immaculate game if everybody was healthy. And I feel like both teams can win this week. I do feel heavily favored to Pittsburgh, though. I feel very confident that they're going to pull this one out. Um, their offense has been stagnant, and if that happens again, I can see the Browns winning. And if the Browns are able to run the ball, which I don't – we'll see. I, I, It'd be smart if they stuck to the ball. It'd be smart if they gave Chubb um, more than 14 carries. But I feel like it's going to be – I feel like the Steelers are going to have, you know, the, let's put it this way. The Browns gave the Steelers their best shot because they had to, to get in the playoffs. They needed the win, and they got in, but they gave it the best shot. The Steelers didn't give show all their cards because they knew the likelihood of the, of the Browns um, going to eventually playing us, playing the next week. They didn't show all the cards. They hid some back, so that also shows the advantage. And then you saw the emotion for the Browns of winning the game and how excited they were. And like, you know, you saw Baker walking off the field and just how excited the atmosphere was for the Browns. I don't know if that's like going to be a satisfied kind of thing where it's like, okay, now we're in the playoffs. Now we have to keep, get up, get up for it again. Like it's almost like you had your accomplishment for the season. It's hard to get up again for like, you know, okay, expectations. We reached our expectation. Okay. We're going to play loose, but it's also like, I mean, you're just not, maybe you're not as tight, you know, with practices being through zoom um, rather than, you know, the Steelers, it's Super Bowl or bust almost with Ben being our quarterback for the next few years, paying him a cap hit worth of like over $60 million, I think, in the next two years combined, like this year and next. So it's just like it's different kind of like I guess almost standards just because we almost every year Ben's our starting quarterback for the entire year. We're in the playoffs or we're in playoff contention. The Browns have just got there for the first time since 2002. It seemed like they were just so, so, so excited. I think Mac um, Wilson or your middle linebacker like made shirts, you know, playoff shirts and everything like that so it just seemed like that was the celebration that was I don't know I feel like that's where it might get too caught up in and now you have these you know almost you know built-in excuses almost worth like you know fancy and things that like are going to limit you guys from running your regular offense regular team it's going to affect you guys I just feel like that the hype and getting really excited about making the playoffs is going to impact potentially you know the game and just like okay we're good here like almost satisfied you know not like hey we're gonna go for the Super Bowl no one's they're not thinking that I think they're thinking we made the playoffs we're relieved here it's like almost foot off the gas you know I don't know I don't know about that Adam I I think that Baker Mayfield Adam think about this what we have realized about Baker Mayfield at this point in his career is that Baker thrives in the back when his back's against the wall. Those are the moments that Baker loves to thrive on. In Oklahoma, that's when he did it, when he when he was against going up against a top-ranked OSU team. Puts the flag in the middle of the center field mm-hmm. after winning that game. That was a huge game, underdog. Won the, won the Heisman being a... I don't know. I feel like he was like an underdog for B 
being the Heisman. Yeah, he was not for being the Heisman because didn't he? He didn't even get like a scholarship going into college. I think that's his whole story. He went to Texas Tech and then transferred to Oklahoma without a scholarship, then got one. Well, he so. he walked on to Texas Tech. Yeah, and and I think he was like the first ever quarterback as a freshman as a true freshman walk on to start at quarterback for Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. You'd have to check me out, check out my my facts on that Adam. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that that's about it. So he he's a guy who likes to play with a chip on his shoulder. And you know how Jarvis is. Jarvis is just energized and motivated to win. He's bought in. He he's Mr. Cleveland. So I I wouldn't say that they're just happy and satisfied. And Let's remember Miles Garrett. He didn't have the redemption game that he that we thought you know he might have in Week 17 against uh, Mason Rudolph. Like you said, he was looking a little banged up. But this is a big game for Miles Garrett too, where this is his first uh, playoff game as a top rusher in the league and a guy who's trying to to recraft his image. So. I think that there's a lot of fight from both sides, uh, a lot of motivation on each side. So when you when you have a rivalry game, a a division rivalry game, uh, I feel like it, that's playoffs and Super Bowl on the line. I think it's kind of hard to pick. I feel like it's it's a toss up, no matter the situation. Yeah, I don't feel very confident about many of these picks, many of these games. Um, I don't know who's going to win a lot of them, I feel like, but I just feel like I do have a pretty good feeling about this Steelers-Browns game just with what I saw on Sunday. It just left a lot of – there's just a lot on the table, and I didn't really see the Browns dominate. I don't know if I, – I just – I see an all-pro – like, you know, all pro outside linebacker T.J. Watt coming back and Hayward. I see three captains coming back, and it's just going to be – it's just going to be really interesting where we have our guys back. And if Ben plays like he did against Indianapolis, I mean, we just, we completely took over that game. They're also a playoff team. And I just see him being like a better Mason Rudolph. Honestly, I just see him. He's familiar with the Steelers. He doesn't, I mean, he's familiar with the Browns. He doesn't lose at home against Cleveland. It just doesn't happen. So I just, I didn't see it to believe it. And I, I know you don't, I don't know many of your players who've been in the playoffs, you know, like Kareem Hunt has, but there hasn't been a whole lot who've been in the playoffs and had this experience. It's just it's just going to be a new experience. You have to – it's almost like winning the title. You know, the Golden State Warriors won the title and they broke through. Or like teams, teams win the title and they break through, you know, and then once you do, you know how to do it again. So I feel like it's almost like that with the playoffs. You just have to experience it and the difference and not, not having the full week of practice for a young roster – for the two weeks in a row not being in the facility it's just going to be there's just a lot of question marks so if you guys are able to pull it off it'll be a significant game unless the Steelers offense stalls out that's that's the one if the Steelers offense stalls out like it had been in the last few weeks that's a big I, I could definitely see the Steelers losing because of that just keeping playing down um, but other than that I, I don't see I don't see it the Steelers offense is clicking I, I really don't see how you guys put up a bunch of points on the defense no I, I can't disagree with you there Adam I, I I do agree with that and that's again I I'm not trying to make the excuse 
Well, it's, it's, your, just, it's your team. You're I, excited. You're, you know, you you want to. You, you lose. Know, and, and you you lose confidence. It's not an excuse to say that you lose confidence in your team's ability to win. Whenever you do have uh, several key contributors to the team that are going to be, uh, you know, that aren't going to be able to have an impact at all. Mm-hmm. So. So that's all I'm saying, and that and that's why I agree with you. I think that the Steelers are going to pull this one out, especially being at home. Mm-hmm. But I was just trying to make the argument that you can't count the Browns out. You know, i i want to i I want to pick them as my team, but yeah. uh, I I just like I said, the confidence isn't there with all these players out. If all these players were in, I'd pick them. You you would disagree with me. But I would still pick them and still feel confident in it. Yeah. Right now, I can't do that. I just can't do that. So yeah, because this is this is too significant. So but, to, so to conclude with that, the way I see the Browns winning is being able to run the ball and Baker having a very good game, similar to like how Oklahoma played Ohio State. I agree. I mean, when his back's against the wall, he does show up. Um, it's not always because there you know there's some games where he just completely goes away and I'm I'm not sure what Stefanski's impact and not of not being there is gonna be for the play calling. I think sticking to the run would be huge and then play action would be uh beneficial. But I feel like the Steelers run game is defense is extremely good, even with, with Tuit, Hayward and uh Dupree and Hightower it's just they're just there. We're we're I just you know, but I mean if if they can run the ball on the Steelers and the Steelers offense stalls out, that's how the Browns win. You guys need to make the Steelers' offense stall out, whether Ben can't throw the ball downfield or whatever, not have a spark, go three and out consistently, yeah. and keep time of possession. That's that's the way to do it. Well, I I agree with that as well. And for that, I would just say I hope that, well, Stefanski won't be there, but I hope that our uh, coaching staff schemes up a um, game plan that – does not look anything like week 16 against the Jets because similar to then we were, you know, feeling depleted more so at the wide receiver spot than now, but still, I mean, we still kind of are, we have three, uh, you know, pass catchers out, but, uh, I just, I think that we've got to stick to the run like you were saying, because we've got, We've got Nick Chubb, who's he's fine. You know, he's hit over a thousand yards. He's had finished the season with thousand yards, sixty thousand sixty-seven yards. And then we have Kareem Hunt, finished with eight hundred and forty-one yards rushing this year. So, I think if they both stayed healthy and this was a normal year, I think that we have two thousand-yard running backs. And to put that in reference, uh, Nick. Chubb has that has the thousand one thousand sixty seven yards and he is one seventh. He's seventh on the list. And he's played twelve games. Yeah. So um I think we need to stick with the run. (laughs) Because we know that works and we have those players and at least we have Jarvis and Hooper back for this game. So we should at least have somewhat of a pass game if our line uh, holds out without Petonio and Hubbard out. But I think that kind of wraps it up, Adam. I think that we both are, are in agreement there. That 
Steelers probably pull this one off. Browns maybe have some heroic uh, comeback, but I think we're both leaning Steelers. And it's the playoffs, so there's a chance for anyone, but yeah, I think we're both leaning Steelers. So, yep. All right. So, are we gonna are we gonna talk about any other uh, any other AFC playoff matchups? Are we gonna talk wild card matchups? Or are we calling it, Adam? What do you yeah. think? We'll um we'll go real quick. We'll just go a brief overview, quick you know okay. rap, you know rapid fire. So we're gonna stick with the AFC North. Ravens Titans. This is one of the most intriguing games of the week, and it might be the most intriguing games of the weekend for me, at least definitely in the AFC, because the Ravens are three and a half point favorites over the Titans currently, and the Titans have the four seed. But I feel like the Ravens are the biggest threat of. I I feel like the Ravens are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in my opinion right now because if they beat the Titans I have a feel I, I believe the Steelers are going to beat the Browns and I think we both I, I haven't we haven't talked about this but I think the Bills are really hot I think we think they're going to beat the Colts the Ravens will play the Chiefs um in the second round and the Chiefs you know haven't played Mahomes now hold up hold up okay now what's so wonderful about this matchup that you're talking about that you're interested in is that if the Ravens win, they play the the Chiefs, right? Well, I think they're a hot team. I think that I would be picking. Well, wait, wait. But the Ravens win, they play the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And you have Lamar Jackson against Patty Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And yep. last year, that's the matchup that everyone wanted to see because mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson was looking un- unbeatable, and he's starting to get that that flair again. And Patty Mahomes had a good year, but last year. The Ravens lost to no other than the Titans mm-hmm. to eliminate their chances of matching up with the Chiefs. Twenty eight and to that could very and that could very well turn out to be the case again this year. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if if the Ravens are able to rewrite history. And I just want to add a few more things on the Ravens here. Um but they, last year, like you mentioned, they lost to the Titans 28-12. to It was a blowout, and I think the Ravens were 10-point favorites, which is just a huge surprise to have it swing by that much. But something... And just adding on real quick okay. with that is the the playoff, the overtime win this year, too. Mm-hmm. But... Derrick Henry running all over them to beat the Ravens in the OT this year. But since Lamar Jackson has been back from COVID-19, the Ravens are 5-0, and um... And and uh, five and zero, oh, and they've rushed for thirteen hundred and thirty seven yards, which is the most in any five game span in the Super Bowl era. So they're on fire right now. Running game, it's clicking on all cylinders. They have it going. They're going downhill. They're t- controlling time of possession. And I think that's going to be huge for the playoff football. And to have the, the you know best five game span in the Super Bowl era. In going five and zero in the playoffs, they're one of the hottest teams that's not getting talked about, and that's why I think that they're just going to be able to control time of possession against the Chiefs potentially. And I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I think they can control the time of possession against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have been a little bit fluttering towards the end of the year, um, almost losing to the Falcons. I don't know if it's just because of boredom, but they're going to be a little rusty by not playing their starters, a lot of their starters, week seventeen, and then having a bye week. It just always seems to be a little hard to get going. Again, I think if the Ravens hop on them early and keep time in possession, they have a chance to upset the Chiefs early on, which would be a surprise for a five-seed upsetting the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah, so to <clears throat> we talked about Derrick Henry running the ball, mm-hmm. um, how he hit 2,000. Have we talked about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we just talked about their run the, game their, this year. Was their opponent, talking, 
talking about Baltimore run game with um, with Lamar and and all of those backs around him now. I, they're using a three-back system. Mm-hmm. But um, we have Derrick Henry on the other side who breaks 2,000 yards. He's the eighth person to do that since since 2002 with the whole, um, like, you know, rules layout and everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Was it 2002, Adam? No, he's, he's the eighth one ever to be able to run. Oh, eighth one eighth ever. One ever. Okay. Yes, yes. okay, yeah, there's two... There's actually two stats that are interesting with eight. So we've got Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. who he is the eighth person ever to rush for over 2,000 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't have had that. He went into the, this game like behind an absurd amount. I think like he would have had close. to have a 200-yard yeah, rush he needed, like, a 200 to, yard to get game. the record. And he had like 250 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty phenomenal way to, to cap out his regular season. But to reiterate your point about Lamar Jackson on the other side of the ball, um, you in the Ravens run game, Lamar Jackson ended up with a thousand five yards rushing. So I don't know how many times this has been done. Uh, Mike Vick, I'm sure he's done it, but for a quarterback to have a thousand yard rushing season and I'm assuming he has over 3,000 yards passing. It's just, that's that's pretty wild, especially for how he started off in such a slump. And now I'm looking at it. He had uh, 1,206 yards rushing last year. So this is his second year doing this. Uh, He's the, uh, he became the first quarterback to ever run for 1,000 yards in multiple, season, uh, in multiple seasons, which it's only his third year in the NFL, too. So. so it must have been Mike Vick who uh, who probably had like the one year of a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. So yeah, there's a lot to deal with there. Um, I I just think it's cool that the other stat about mm-hmm. eight is that since 2002, four divisions. Since 2002. Whenever they implemented four divisions in two wild card spots, uh, or two wild card teams, mm-hmm. they all but one team from a division making the playoffs has only happened eight times. Mm-hmm. So not too crazy because 2002 to 2021, but uh, that only happened eight times, and three of it has happened for the AFC North. Mm-hmm. This is the third time it's happened for the AFC North, which is the most yep. out of any of the out of any of the divisions. So, just another interesting fact when thinking about Baltimore Ravens making the playoffs and matching up against the Titans, who who have been the one uh, kryptonite to Lamar Jackson so far, mm-hmm. which is weird because they don't even face each other. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they faced each other um, a few times in his young career. So, with, so what, what do you have this one at, Adam? I have the Ravens. Um, I have the Ravens winning. I'm not sure by how much. I just know they're coming in hot and they're running the ball better than they ever have, better than anyone ever has. I guess so. Um, I think that the Ravens are going to roll the Titans. They're not going. The Titans haven't been able to show a pass rush, um, almost all year either. It's been a really, their defense hasn't been the same as what it was last year. It's um been interesting, right? Really, but That's I the mean, thing. they're they're. I, they're the fifth worst team in total yards allowed. So I mean, I feel like the Ravens are going to have their way on them. It's just not something that um 
that that's the that's the thing, Adam. If their defense was what it should be, what it was last year, what it was last year, and Derrick Henry was playing like he is now, I I would be fine taking the Titans. But with that not being the case, despite Derrick Henry rushing his way into the postseason, I I can't vote. I can't pick against the former MVP uh, from a season ago who is on this five-game hot streak of going 5-0 like you pointed out earlier. And so I agree with you. I, I have I have Steelers, Ravens out of the two games we've looked at. And if, and if I had to pick um, any, you know, if I had to pick the Ravens or the Browns or Steelers, if they were facing head-to-head, I would go Ravens as well there. I feel very confident about this team. Um, and that's being completely unbiased because, you know, I'm a Steelers fan, but I, I do think the Ravens are a very hot team, and they have it really put together, well coached. So the last team, last game of the AFC um, wildcard weekend is the Colts at the Bills. Um, Josh Allen's been really hot this year. He's, you know, an MVP candidate, probably going to finish third there. But I, uh, I just have a really good feeling the Bills are going to win. I saw the Steelers um, sort of manhandle the Colts in the second half of that game, and I feel like the Bills are going to just be able to do that as well, and they're coming in extremely hot as well. I, I can't disagree with you there, Adam. And that's those are the, the three games that I've looked at the most. So I, I don't know if you want to. It feels like we've been talking for a long time. But I, I'm good with just keeping it AFC because me and you keep our focus on the AFC North. And two of these games have – out of two of these games, three of the four teams are AFC North teams. So mm-hmm. we, we have some good insight and have some skin in the game there. Yeah. So I feel good about those. And then this one, I mean, the Bills, like you said, I mean, I'm interested in both sides because I like the Bills. Just seeing how Josh Allen has prospered with, with a good wide receiving core with, mm-hmm. with Stephon Diggs and, and John Brown whenever he's healthy. and it, it's, it's really something to see about how he's actually panned out. Um, you know, I wasn't always – I wasn't always big. I, I don't think I ever wanted the Browns to take Josh Allen, but I always considered him as a potential, you know, big play, uh, big player kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. So looks like he's finally fallen into that groove. Um, and I just find it interesting, too. I kind of keep close tabs on the Bills and Josh Allen because I find it interesting out of, out of the six teams who made the playoffs in the AFC. Another another little fun nugget for you. Three of the quarterbacks are out of the 2018 draft class. Mm-hmm. And you know who that is. That's Baker Mayfield, who went one. That's Josh Allen, who went four, right? I think it was or seven. Darnold. Darnold went, went four. Okay, Allen went seven. And then you have Lamar Jackson, who went 31 or 32. 32. 32. Yep. So you have three first-round uh, quarterbacks from the 2018 draft class that are leading the way in the AFC North. So and it if, looks like this is going to be a new era, and two of the quarterbacks that – two of the six quarterbacks, so a third, are that old draft class, Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like – and then you've got Patty Mahomes, who's 
basically like a sophomore version of those guys. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like you see the, the young quarterbacks are starting to take over the league. Yep. Yep, it's, it's a new league, and it's been exciting. Um, and then you also have Mason Rudolph on the Steelers, who's in the draft class, but he's just backing up Ben. So it's just another guy um, another guy from the draft class if you just want to add him into the playoffs because he didn't play last week. So it's just another Right, another and it there. makes sense. It's It doesn't always pan out this way, but that it's the three first-round draft picks that are the three starters and then the one guy who was picked in, in uh, you know the later rounds is the backup. Mm-hmm. So... It seems like uh, might not have got them in the right order, but it seems like uh, the 2018 quarterback draft class actually, you know, panned out all right. And I'm still pretty high on Donard. I'd like to see where he goes next year with a new head coach. If he goes or if he stays with the Jets, I'm very interested in see where Donald goes. I don't think his career is over yet. Um, Rosen looks like he's he's a dud. I will see what happens with him, but I I really am still high on Donald. Um, I would love that the Steelers had him. I'd be very optimistic if they did. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I am not out on Darnold by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that he's well, on the New York Jets. He's so. the youngest one out of all of them. He's he's basically the age of Baker Mayfield now. Whenever Baker Mayfield was drafted by the Browns, so uh, you know, and he spent those years going up against NFL defenses, not yep. not college. Yep. He's twenty three, and then Lamar Jackson just turned twenty four today, actually, which is funny. So these yeah. are these guys are all young oh, wow. for the most part. So. But Darnold is the youngest yeah. of the group, and I feel like he still has a lot to show. So, yeah. And then I think the last takeaway outside of the playoffs: Miami Dolphins don't make the playoffs, but they have an interesting young quarterback scenario. Just since we're talking about it, the mm-hmm. AFC, um, they have Tua at quarterback. Uh, tried to play him late in the year, mm-hmm. didn't do so hot, didn't, didn't screw up too much, but. It, uh, Fitzpatrick just played much better than him, and now they're going into the draft with a third overall, with a pick. nice present from the Houston Texans with mm-hmm. the third overall pick. So it'll be interesting to see if they stay with Tua or and they give him a a pass catcher, maybe his former Devontae teammate, me, yeah. uh, or if they, you know, get him a line or a running back or what, whatever it is. It'll be interesting to see, but. Yep. A lot, a lot to see play out in the NFL, Adam. Yep, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the Super Wild Card weekend. So um, thank you for listening and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. And we'll be back next week. Thank you. All right. See you guys. See you.